What's up, everyone? Welcome back. I saw a post on Instagram the other day that said that July 2nd marks the 183rd day of the year, which means there's only 182 days to go until we are in 2023. So July 2nd marks the, the midway, the halfway point in 2022. And that kind of launched a new way of thinking. And I saw that other podcasters or Instagrammers and bloggers were doing this cute little thing where it's time to reflect in the middle of the year. Like now is a great time to look back on the previous six months and think of any changes that we want to make, any lessons that we've learned, just really kind of assess what has happened between January and now, the good, the bad, the ugly, and then come up with a plan on how we can make the next six months maybe just 1% better. I'm not going to expect that from now until December, it's going to be all peaches and cream and rainbows and butterflies, but I have come up with six questions for myself, and maybe you will feel motivated and inspired to do the same. Grab a journal, grab your, your blog, grab your laptop, and write down these six questions with me and answer along, because I am determined to continually, continuously make my life 1% happier, 1% feeling more content and complete and accomplished. So let's just jump right into it. The first question I have is, what has the first half of your year looked like? So if you want to answer along, now's the time. So for me, it was a lot of snow. It was a lot of cold because I did move to Minnesota in late 2021 So the start of 2022, you know, it's January, it's winter, and the winters here are very extreme and very long and very tumultuous at times. I also um, spent the first half of the year doing a lot of home projects and renovations, but I think the biggest event that comes to mind when I look back on the past six months is the fact that I got vaccinated for COVID. I remember when the vaccines were invented (laughs) um, and when they were slowly becoming publicly accessible, right? And it happened in tiers, at least in Minnesota, it was like tier one is the elderly. So ages like 60 and up, you get the vaccines first. The second tier was people with autoimmune diseases or weakened immune systems. Naturally, that's the way it should be. I agree with the tier method. And then tier three and four was like, okay, general public. If you're 20, you can get it. Even if you're healthy, you can get it. And it was such a rush, such a pandemonium to get vaccinated that you had to like book an appointment months in advance. And the website where you could find available vaccines at like Walgreens or CVS or Costco, the website was constantly being shut down. You would constantly see like the rainbow wheel of death because thousands, if not millions of people are on this website at the same time. And I remember when I finally was able to get the website to work and I found available vaccines at Walgreens. And this was miles away. Like this was not a drugstore anywhere close to me. I had to drive like an hour outside of the city to find this one drugstore. And but to me, it was worth it. I was so determined to get vaccinated and just like return to normal, whatever that meant at the time that I didn't mind driving and literally spending half my day on the road. 
I finally booked um, my vaccine appointment and I got a confirmation email and I started crying because it marked the beginning of a new chapter. It arguably marked the end of COVID. Maybe we'll never see the end of COVID because there's always going to be new, you know, variations year after year. And the COVID vaccine might become the same as like the flu vaccine that you just get regularly on an annual basis. So maybe we'll never see the end of COVID, but getting vaccinated was like a huge relief, a huge weight off my shoulders. And it signified hope you know, hope that we can return to some form of normal, hope that we can resume concerts and festivals and group activities again. So I think I got my full, I was fully vaccinated, meaning like two doses, I think in like April. And uh, I took myself out for blueberry pancakes to celebrate. I was so fucking tired after the second dose, which is completely normal. So I went, got some pancakes, ordered some orange juice. I was sitting outside on a space, you know, on a separated six feet of distance patio, came home, had a food coma, slept the entire day, woke up the next day and felt like, felt like a superhero. I also spent the first six months really exploring the Twin Cities. Since we moved here in October of 2022, that was when COVID was still like insane and out of control and like don't you dare leave your house and why even bother leave your house because a it's fucking cold and b where are you gonna go everything's closed but when the vaccine started slowly rolling out tier one tier two tier three slowly things started opening up and that is around the time that i created the twin cities bucket list i mentioned it in a previous episode that i you know, look up Minneapolis on Instagram, or I'll look up hashtag St. Paul or hashtag Twin Cities, hashtag Minnesota, and I'll create a saved album called Bucket List within the Instagram app. That's when that was created because I was so relieved to be vaccinated, relieved that things were opening up again. And I'm in a new city, bitch. Like, what do you think I'm going to do in a new city? I want to run around. I want to explore. I want to spend money. I want to eat delicious food. Minneapolis or Minnesota is known for something called the Juicy Lucy. It is essentially a cheeseburger, but instead of the cheese being placed on top of the meat, so it's like lower bun, meat, cheese, onions, lettuce, tomato, second top bun, the cheese is infused into the meat. So it's almost like a donut. It's like a meat donut where you bite into the meat and gooey, ooey, melty cheese kind of seeps out of it. And that's called a Juicy Lucy. And it was invented here in Minneapolis. So of course, I'm like, okay, I'm vaccinated. Shit is open. I'm going to get myself a Juicy Lucy. And I was spending a lot of money bouncing from cafe to cafe, coffee shop to restaurant to James Beard Award bars. And it was worth it because I got to know my surroundings and I got to know what neighborhoods I love here. Um, cute little spots to get work done because I am self-employed. So I live for a cute, cozy coffee shop that just inspires me to tap into my like inner, inner Tennessee Williams and become like the best writer possible. The second question, what lessons have you learned within the past six months? For me, the biggest one is what kind of friend I am and the friendship styles that I prefer. Moving here to Minnesota, I didn't know anyone except my husband. And just by a stroke of luck, the dog park that I normally go to, this is in the middle of winter, so like nobody's really out and about. But this one crazy girl like me, 
you know, loves her dog so much that she's willing to take her dog out in negative nine Fahrenheit temperatures just to get some exercise. So it's literally me dressed in a motherfucking head to toe sleeping bag and this girl with her dog dressed the same. So naturally we're going to like, you know, just say hi, but it turned into friendly conversation. And now she's my best friend here in Minnesota. And actually she's my best friend, but she's also like my only friend. (laughs) And starting a new friendship from scratch, especially as an adult, you are very aware of what you're willing to do and how much effort you're willing to put into a friendship. And there was a little bit of a growing or like learning period between my friend and I, her name's Amy. Um, I was the one who started the conversation at the dog park, which is not very much like me because I kind of just keep to myself and I am quite introverted and I do keep my feelings close to the chest unless someone asks like this. Okay, this is how I operate. I might come off very shy and cold and closed off, but that's because I don't want to just like hand you information that you never asked for. But if you're the person who is inquisitive and you don't mind asking questions and I get the sense that you actually want to know me and you're going to put in the effort to start a conversation, as soon as that happens, I am an open book and I will answer anything and everything you have to say. But since it was just us two at the park, I felt super awkward just standing there in silence while our dogs are playing and getting along. So naturally, I was like, okay, I'm not just going to like fucking stand here like a fucking awkward loser. I'm going to be like, hey, like, how are you? How's your day? It's fucking cold, huh? (laughs) Right? Like small talk, small talk. But our small talk quickly dissipated and became like genuine friendship. But the fact that like I had to kind of retrace my steps and I moved backwards a bit and I had to tell Amy like, hey, I know it was me that extended, you know, the first handshake at the dog park, but I'm actually like quite introverted and I'm, you know, very much a homebody and I don't really like social settings or like loud pump in clubs. And she was like, oh, I thought you were like the most extroverted social chatty person on the planet because like you were so open at the dog park and I was like yeah I know I just like I have these little bursts of extroversion you know what I mean like we all do none of us are 100% introverted 100% of the time right we all have moments where like we do almost like surprise ourselves with how we act in certain social situations and I told her I was like yeah that was just like an off an off moment for me or I didn't mind starting the conversation first. So we had to have a bit of like a true conversation like, hey, I'm not the type of friend who is going to hang out with you like every day of the week or even like every other week. Okay, I'm that friend who will hang out with you maybe like once a month. But when we do hang out, we're going to make it the best day ever because we haven't seen each other in quite a while. We're going to have so much to say. So I actually prefer like save your conversations, save your topics, save any exciting events that happen to you, keep them to yourself for a while. And then the next time we hang out, we're going to have so much to talk about. And it's going to be like nonstop chit chat, nonstop bonding. And, you know, we're going to make up for lost time. I also realized or what lessons I've learned is that even though I am an introvert and a homebody, I 
thrive outdoors. And I used to be a renter. So the majority of my adult life, I have rented apartments with barely even a balcony, to be honest with you. And being a homeowner and truly putting a lot of time, money, and effort into our backyard. We just got new patio furniture. We are getting a new fence because my dog loves to chase squirrels and bunnies, and I don't want him like running into the road. So we're getting a fence installed. We're getting outdoor furniture. We're gonna hang those, you know, chuggy uh, patio lights. We're gonna get like an outdoor grill and a dining, like outdoor plates. We're gonna do the whole thing, okay? And it just made me realize that being outdoors makes me not only the happiest, but just the most calm. I do my best work sitting outside. I do my best reading. I'm able to focus. I'm able to connect with myself. I'm able to write and clear my head and get my day sorted outside. Outside makes me productive. Outside makes me calm. Outside makes me more in touch with my inside. It's almost like a paradox in that sense. Go outside to connect with your inside. That's what I love to do. And also what lessons, um, there's a shit ton that needs to be done as a homeowner that you don't really think about. For example, apparently we have a motherfucking leak in our roof because every time there's a really intense rainstorm here, there's little droplets of water down in our basement. And to have a leaky roof is not good. (laughs) So this weekend, my husband has to go up there, put some shackles together, use a hammer, use a nail, and fix that shit. Next question. What are you ready to let go of before heading into the next six months? I would say it is I'm ready to let go of the fear of starting a possible argument. And this has come into play with home decorating and renovate renovation projects. Story time. My husband and I spent over $1000 on this credenza from Anthropology. And as we all know, Anthropology has insanely cute stuff, but it's also insanely expensive. The credenza came and online it looked black. It looked like a lovely aged charcoal deep rich smoke color. In person, it was actually navy blue, like dark, 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 but obviously blue. And there is nothing within our living room that matches a blue color story. So I start motherfucking panicking. I'm like, we spent all this money on this credenza. It is high quality. It is sturdy. It is obviously well made. It's beautiful in its detail, but the color is all wrong. And that launched an argument with my husband because he was like, what do you want to do? You want to return it? And then because of COVID, everything's on delay and on back order. It's going to be like another six months before we have another piece of furniture. Let's just keep it and we can stain it. Maybe we can paint it. And then we just started having these daily tiffs about what to do with this credenza. Like, are, how, are we going to change the color? And my husband at one point was like, can you just like get over it? Like, can you just accept that it's not the color that you thought it was? But like, can you learn to just like let it go? And I was like, no, I am not the type of person to just be able to like, I don't know, have this like ugly thing in my living room that I'm going to look at every single day. And every time I look at it, I'm thinking to myself, that's not black, it's blue. And there have been times where I've said like, Sophie, don't say anything. But then it just eats away at me. And the reason I question saying anything is because I know it's going to start an argument. And I'm someone who hates confrontation. I hate 
like anything that's going to make me cry or make my partner scream or increase tension or do anything besides lovey-doveyness. Okay. I don't ever want to stir the pot with someone I love, especially my husband. You know what I mean? I always want kindness. I always want love. I always want cuddles. But with all these renovations, you almost have to speak up and you have to, you know, say your piece because if you don't, you might be stuck with that decision for your entire, while, you know, the entire time you live here. My husband was doing some decorating in the basement, like hanging movie posters and hanging shelves. And he was like, do you like the shelf here? Do you want the shelf up to the left, to the right? And at first I was like, honestly, babe, like just do whatever you want. And he was like, no, come on. Like that's not helpful, right? That's not effective. That's not going to make us reach the best decision or the best conclusion. I want you to be happy with what I'm doing. I want me to be happy, but I also want you to be happy. So we have to compromise. And in order to compromise, you have to say your piece. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to argue. Just do whatever you want. And I will turn the other way. And he was like, no, please don't. Because then I'm going to always worry that you're not happy with the way things look. And I don't want my wife like displeased with what our home looks like. So then finally I was like, okay, Okay, fine. You fucking asked for it. I'm going to give it to you. I hate that poster over there. Move that shelf to the left. That needs to be repainted. That needs to be recoded. And even though it was a little bit bossy of me to be like this, 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 it propelled us forward to make the changes that we want to make to make our home as visually appealing as possible. Also, I'm ready to let go of countless hours on Instagram. And this kind of ties into my love for being outdoors and sitting outside. When I am outdoors, I am not inclined to look at my phone or my computer. I am too distracted by squirrels eating nuts on the tree and the birds calls from up above. And this morning there was a bunny uh, chewing on some leaves. Like we live out in nature and nature is the perfect distraction from Instagram and my phone in general. Next question What version of yourself are you looking forward to meeting at the end of 2022? So the first, I would love to meet a very financially savvy and very financially responsible young woman. Someone who is, you know, I've I've done research. They say that you should put 20% minimum of your in of your direct deposit into savings. So that is exactly what I'm doing. I am putting precisely 20% of my checks into savings. I also have what I call like fun money and I've set a very strict parameter of how much fun money I can spend per week on anything I choose. I've also calculated exactly how much my monthly monthly bills are. So like mortgage, phone bill, car insurance, the monthly bill for the dog vet. God, what else? A phone bill I've said, birth control. You know, I need to switch my birth control to the free plan now that I have health insurance with through my husband. Um, so I gotta fix that. But I would love to meet a financially savvy and responsible woman. I would love to meet a woman who is more, has become more independent with her work. So that means more self-employed projects. I would love to just completely cut ties with... Um, This one company I'm working for. So I do like my podcast and my newsletter, but I also have a third gig where I extend my writing and SEO services to a 
health and wellness company. And I would love to cut the cord with that company and just become 100% self-dependent and self-reliant with my income. And I would also love to see a version of myself that has grown this podcast into a larger following, a larger audience, and also that ties into growing my newsletter as well. Uh, Number five, describe at least three things you've done this year that you're proud of. Number one, launching this podcast and launching the newsletter with more, um, what's the word, authenticity than ever before. If you've been listening for a long time, I actually launched a podcast in maybe 2018, 2000. No, it, it was November 2018. I launched my first ever project or podcast, which was focused on sex and dating. I would meet strangers. I would post an ad on Craigslist saying like, podcast guest speakers wanted. The subject is sex, dating, and relationships. People would respond. We would meet in a public place. So there was never really anything sketchy about it. We would meet at like in broad daylight at a very busy bar, a bar that I also went to all the time. So I knew the bouncers, I knew the bartenders, I knew the servers. So I felt very comfortable meeting these complete strangers. And to be honest with you, every single one of them was so fucking nice, so fucking kind to like donate their time. And I didn't pay these people. These were people strictly like voluntarily willing to spill the beans about sex and dating and marriage and divorce to a complete stranger. Um, And then COVID happened. So of course, bars closed and it was unwise to meet complete strangers, you know, because who knows, you're going to spread COVID around. So that podcast completely shut down. And then since then, I've had a very difficult time finding my groove again. I would start a podcast and then, oh my God, I remember I relaunched a podcast as just a solo speaker lifestyle focused. And then the George Floyd murdered murder happened. And I remember just feeling so angry and feeling so helpless and hopeless, like nothing mattered. And be, oh, like, like the everything bagel in everything everywhere all at once. I felt like that girl watching the George Floyd news coverage. I just felt like nothing fucking mattered anymore because people are being murdered in the fucking street by police officers. These people who are like supposedly supposed to serve and protect and help their communities, they're fucking murdering people in their communities now. What the fuck am I supposed to do with my life? So I just stopped doing everything. I stopped the podcast. I stopped work for a few because... Why have a podcast when people are being murdered? You know what I mean? It just didn't feel right. It didn't feel natural. And it felt like like nothing fucking mattered, basically. So I had a really hard time finding my footing again to start a podcast from an authentic, genuine place. And I feel like I've achieved that now, many years later, but we're on a roll. I'm also proud of the fact that I have continued forging my own career path and marching to the beat of my own drum. And like I said, I want to cut ties with that health and wellness company and just become 100% self-sufficient and self-reliant when it comes to income and business and my career. I'm also proud of the fact that I have, I am the brains behind the home renovation operation. My husband is the muscle. (laughs) So I'm the one who comes up with the ideas, the paint colors, the furniture, anything that involves decoration and styling. That's all me. I put a Pinterest board together. I put a bunch of images together in like Photoshop and I present this 
presentation to my husband and he's like, all right, well, I will get started. So I'm very proud of the fact that like I have, you know, I have the the talent and the eye and the finesse for home decorating. And even more so, I'm proud of the fact that I have tried so many new hobbies this year. Hang on one second, one second, one second. Okay, we're back. Sorry, I thought there was a, an Amazon delivery truck pulling up to our driveway. Anyway, I'm proud of the fact that I tried so many new hobbies this year. I went ice skating. I've been roller skating in the summer. I've tried new like cooking recipes and baking recipes and vegan recipes. My husband bought me an ice cream maker for my birthday last year and I've had so much fun playing around with like mint chocolate chip. I've also had a walnut, like caramelized walnuts with maple syrup ice cream. And I've also been playing around with photography. I bought a Polaroid camera previously in the past. I've bought a uh, like a old school developing film camera. Yeah. So new hobbies. I'm really proud that I had the balls to try them. And the last question, what would you like to carry forward into the next six months? Number one, I would love to maintain a strong friendship with Amy, who I mentioned earlier, but a friendship that is true to my personality my attachment style, my bonding methods, a friendship that doesn't feel like I'm being forced to change who I am and a friendship that doesn't feel like she's being neglected because she like, I'll be honest, and she will admit this too. She is just a naturally kind of um, not needy, but she loves constant company. And I, oh my God, oh my God, I'm having like, I'm having a fucking moment. She is me before I became more independent. Listen to the codependency episode and how I overcame codependency. Codependency. She is me before that happened. Someone who just always wanted a friend to hang out with. Someone who always wanted company. Somebody who always kind of um, minimized her problems by distracting herself with social social situations. So she is a friend who does need a lot of time and care and coddling and company and constant communication and I've told her like I'm not that friend I will not text you every detail of my life on a continuous basis you might not hear from me for three weeks but then when we do hang out I'm going to tell you everything and it's going to make up for lost time I want to continue that friendship in a way that um, is mutually beneficial for both of us but in a way that neither of us feels like we have to be someone else I would also love to continue exploring the city. Just yesterday, Amy and I hung out and she took me to this park. So for those of you who don't know, the Mississippi River starts in Mississippi. Is that right? Okay, okay, okay. I don't know where this river begins, but I do know that it is probably the longest river in the U.S. And it goes through like, it starts in the south and it ends, I think, in like northern Minnesota. And there are stretches of the Mississippi River here that have these gorgeous hiking and walking trails. And they're in the middle of the city. And I had no idea. Amy, she's from here. She's a local. So she knows all these really cute, special, non-touristy spots. These little secret hidden gems within the city. And she took me to one of them yesterday in the middle of Northeast, which is like a very hipster, artistic 
uh, creative artsy buildings, old school brick mixed with like new school floor to ceiling windows. You know what I mean? Like a very old meets new, classic meets modern type vibe. Very, very much city, very much industrial. And she was like, no, I'm going to take you to this on this hike. Like, we're going to hike in the middle of the city. She's like, yeah, don't worry. We're going to hike along the river. You're going to get the best views of the city, the best views of all these bridges and the river and the Minnesota, like, downtown skyline. And I was like, all right, like, surprise me. What, like, what do you got? And I was blown away. It might have been the most beautiful walk I've gone on this year. And as someone who has been spending a lot of time outside, I do not say that lightly. This walk was gorgeous. We saw berries and birds and hummingbirds and river bends and so many, so much wildlife, so many varieties of flowers. It was a beautiful sunny day. She was not kidding. Literally the best views of the city. And I wouldn't have known about this park or this hike without knowing her. So I truly value her time and her company and her knowledge. So I would love to keep exploring the city either by myself or with Amy or with my husband. I want to carry forward more reading and writing, which ties into less Instagram, less less computer, less social media. I want to feed my brain with words of the most famous, successful authors. I want to fuel my, my heart and my soul with you know, stories of fan. You know what I want to do? I, every winter, my husband and I binge the Harry Potter series and I love Harry Potter, but I will admit that I've never read the books. So I actually don't know if the books or the movies are better. I love the movies. I watch them every year, but I can't have that argument with someone. I can't be like, no, no, no you know, in the Sorcerer's Stone or like in the Rise of the Phoenix or whatever the fuck, the Goblet, whatever. I can't have that conversation. I can't have that debate. And I want to be someone who can. So as soon as I'm done reading my current book, um, I want to start the Harry Potter series. And I'm actually really excited because I normally don't read fantasy I normally don't read about wizards and elves and phoenixes and and talking snakes and magic. Like, that's never been my preferred genre. But I love the Harry Potter movies so much that, like, of course I'm going to love the novels. Everyone loves the novels. And some people love the novels ten times more than the movies. So that's kind of my little reading project for the next six months of 2022. I'm going to buy the Harry Potter series. Next thing I would love to carry forward is learning more random stuff. (laughs) And you know, you know what comes to mind right here? Do you remember that interview that Kylie Jenner gave years ago? It was like a New Year's Eve or New Year's Day YouTube interview. And the, you know, the interviewer was like, hey, Kylie, like, what do you want to do with the rest of the year? What do you want to accomplish? And she was like, um, I think 2018 is going to be the year of like, realizing stuff and everyone made fun of her because she sounded so dumb and airheaded but I actually fully understand what she means like I do want to learn more stuff and I do want to realize more stuff and I do want to like submerge myself into the ways of the world and just like realize more learn more put myself to the test in so many ways and challenge myself with just these random fucking hobbies like who knows 
what new hobby I may pick up. One of them that comes to mind, just tip of the tongue, is um, paint by numbers. Paint by numbers is painting for idiots. You don't have to be talented or artistically blessed in any way. Basically, you, you can buy them on Etsy. So go on Etsy and type in paint by numbers and you'll get a kit of paint brushes, colors, and a stenciled out drawing. So let's say you wanna draw birds. You wanna color in like sparrows and goldfinches. So that canvas will come with a lightly stenciled outline of the birds. And within each section, like the wing will have the color 135 and 135 corresponds with this shade blue. And then the beak of the bird will be shade 144 and 144 is black. And then, and then the underbelly of the bird is color 411 and then 411 in the painting kit is red. So you literally just coordinate the paint color with the drawn on stencil that somebody already did for you. I'm not a good painter, but I do find painting very calming and therapeutic and soothing. And it's a great way to be outside Buy yourself a little canvas or an easel. Is that what it's called? Yeah, like an easel. So you can hang your canvas either on like sitting level or you can stand and do it. Go to Blick, go to Hobby Lobby, go to Michael's, get that ship, get that shit for cheap and paint outside. That's really what I want to do. That's a, that's a random stuff that I want to accomplish this year. And okay. So once we have the fence built in the backyard, which I've mentioned, I want to rescue more animals and I'm waiting until the fence because right now we don't have one at all. So let's say I was to get a puppy and this puppy, you know, is chasing birds and squirrels. This puppy doesn't have any rules yet. This puppy doesn't have any training. My current dog he has, he has years of training, so he knows exactly where to stop and where he can walk around freely. The puppy doesn't know that. So God forbid this puppy, you know, chases an animal onto the street and then gets run over, right? So I refuse to adopt any animals until we have a solid, secure, safe fence in the backyard. Hopefully, it's very weather permitting um, when fences get built. You can't do it in the rain, obviously. So hopefully we'll have the fence sometime in August or maybe at the latest September. And once that's done, I'm going to the Humane Society, to the shelters, and I'm going to take home preferably a puppy, but I'm not picky to like younger breeds. And I want to fill the home with more animals and more cuteness and more cuddles. I'm also not opposed to getting a cat. My husband is a little pickier when it comes to cats because... He thinks all cats are like vicious scratchers, like, Nyah! and listen, some fucking cats are like that. But I grew up with a dog and a cat, and I know that they can coexist peacefully. And I know that some cats truly do enjoy human company, and they like being pet, and they like being held, and they like being cuddled. Some cats are not like that, and they will scratch your face off if you scratch them in the wrong place, right? So I would ideally like to get a cat from maybe like a, uh, a foster company, somebody who knows the personality of the cat before I do. Just so I can reiterate, like I am specifically looking for a cuddle cat. I'm not looking for an outdoor cat. I'm not looking for like a super like 
independent, don't need no human. I want a cat that is kind of like a dog, a lap animal, a cuddler, somebody who will cozy up to you and sit on your lap while you read. That is my vision. And I think getting one from a foster company, they already have that information down. They've already spent time with the cat, so they kind of know its personality. That would be my plan of attack. And that's all I have for you today. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave it a positive review on Apple Podcasts, but also take the time to answer these questions for yourself, just so you can reflect on how the year has, you know, how it's been, how, wait, what's that meme? How it went and how's it going? What the fuck am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. How it's been and how it's, how it's going. And you want how it's going to be tremendously better than how it's been. And with that, have a great weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.